You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, Ben. Keep that in there. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, our daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, and joining me, the people have been demanding this. The, the folks, the listeners, our patrons, they texted me. They said, when are you going to have Matt Jennings on the podcast? I said, I don't know. I guess this week because I, I'm not a good planner. And I feel like <laughs> Matt, I'm, I, I have enough friendship in the bank with Matt that I can be like, hey, you want to join the podcast like two days from now? And I'll be like, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, so Matt Jennings is here. And Matt, how are you enjoying the uh, explosion and dissolvement of the Big 12 Conference over the past few days. How, how's that been for you? It's been surreal and fun to watch. It's one of those things where it's like it would be a whole lot more fun to watch if like you didn't have a stake in it because mm-hmm. like we, we have a little bit of an emotional stake in it. It's not quite – it's still funny. Don't get me wrong. It's still funny but it's not quite as funny as it could be because yeah. it's like, Oh, like the, you know, my alma mater, where are they going to go? And, and, you know, how are they going to be able to, uh, you know, compete in any sort of legitimate way in the future? Uh, but the, the memes are great. Uh, the memes are great. Uh, the idea that uh, Texas and Oklahoma are heading to the SEC even sooner than expected because Texas A&M tried to sabotage them going to the SEC and stop it from happening is just all just the kind it's all the schadenfreude that I could possibly want so that's at least great don't you feel like Texas is the the guy that's father owns a business and is super rich and he's like the number three dude and he screws things up and he doesn't really do his job he got a DUI a few months ago, but then you look up one day and you're like, oh, that dude's the CEO now of this, of this company, or he, he's got some fake job where he's making over a million dollars. Um, I know it's not really about competition, but it is funny that as much as they've struggled in revenue sports over the past decade plus, here they are just waltzing into, you know, the SEC kind of getting grandfathered into the upper echelon of college football uh, while everybody else just sort of sits there and and has to watch it happen. Yeah. You know, it's true. It would, you know, it would be more surprising if it didn't happen in other realms and in football as well, where it's like, we see this happen with coaches all the time. Like it's failing upward. It happens all the time with just like, Oh, like Jeff Fisher career, like every single year he goes seven and five and he's gotten like 16 different NFL head coaching jobs. And like, that's the way this feels is just like uh, uh, the University of Texas um, football has, what is it? They've got, is it three big 12 titles? Am I overestimating that? It's, I think it's three and they, and then I think Oklahoma's sitting here with like 14 and like ESPN puts up the big graphic of like Oklahoma and Texas combined 17 or 18 big 12 titles, whatever the number is. It's like, can we put an asterisk in there? But you know, you're totally right. Like this, I like they, it's, it's all based on this um, like the size of the fan base, the size of the brand, the, the TV ratings that they, they pull in, even though TV ratings are, you and I know this from our time in the FDBM department at TCU, like TV ratings are like, 
kind of a really archaic way of measuring engagement on on television anyway but um the ratings that they pull in the, the viewership numbers that they pull in um that's really what kind of drives everything and they don't care if they're going to go and finish fourth or fifth in the sec west every year um because they're going to get a way bigger paycheck which they just automatic which and that's all the sec needed the sec didn't need didn't want uh, a competitive another competitive team in the SEC West where, although they'll get one in Oklahoma but they'll they'll it's like oh yes Texas if you want to come into our conference and um you know help us negotiate a rights deal where every school gets paid out whatever the absurd number is going to be every single year then who cares the fact that you know you haven't been relevant on a national basis since 2009 the SEC says we don't <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is just kind of about uh, the, the fan base size. And as you sort of stated there, what we used to call like the TV markets, but now it's more just like, I don't know, streaming markets, just who, whoever's going to get the most eyeballs on whatever the national TV model is. In yeah, it's it's less about TV markets because that was like, that was the, the, con the conversation with the last round of realignment, like around, around like 2010, 2000, between 2010 and 2012, right? Was like, can you, can these, um, you know, that's why the big 10 got Maryland and Rutgers because they wanted a foothold in like the DC football market, uh, DC television market for Maryland and the New York, <laughs> as you suppose, as you can tell it, uh, television market with Rutgers, right? And they wanted to expand so that then they could offer the big 10 network and these other markets and get in all these other households. But, like conference networks are, uh, I, I'm not sure if they're going away, but it's not like cable rights fees and all that are going down. And so like the idea of like, we're going to monetize by like getting our cable network in a bunch of different homes. Um, that's not what this next round of realignment and, and rights agreements is going to be about. And so it's less about that to your point, but it's just like, what's the raw number of viewers that we can, um, that we can sell, that we can then pitch to whoever it is, whether it's ESPN or Amazon or Netflix or Apple or whoever, and say, we can guarantee you this number of viewer, viewers uh, and for every single game on average, because we have like these absurdly huge brands. And that's the benefit that Texas and Oklahoma get. Now, Oklahoma also has the benefit of like, they go to the playoff almost every year. They win conference titles. They put they put out first round picks and Heisman winners and all that stuff. Texas is just like, well, we've got a hundred thousand seat stadium that we struggle to fill up, but we've got a lot of t-shirt fans. So good for us, I guess. Good for us indeed. And yeah, people in New York City are falling over themselves to watch Rutgers football. That's 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 one. New thing York City's really... football team. That's right. The Rutgers. Scarlet Knights. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Man, Rutgers is that weird program too. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of their heyday and it's like the people that were instrumental in that, you can't even really enjoy them anymore. And I, I guess that's, there's some of that with every school, but Greg Schiano has become like a laughing stock. Ray Rice had his off the field issues and that was sort of the heyday of Rutgers football in the Big East. But uh, returning to TCU, and what this means for them and us. The Pac-12 is the one conference we've heard about that there's actually some discussions that have happened or are going to happen. And uh, George Klifkoff, the Pac-12 commish, spoke at Pac-12 Media Days this week. And I don't know, I mean, he's pretty noncommittal about expansion. Uh, what do you even think about that culture fit, Matt? Um, because I, I've seen... Some people say, well, immediately, no, because TC is a religious school, which is funny because there's, you know, so many 
so many things that go into that. And I feel like people are sort of lumping TCU and Baylor together. And I'm like, yeah, that's some different theology. Anyway, um, getting in the weeds here. But I understand from a West Coast perspective why they might just look at that face value and say, no, thank you. But do you think the Pac-12 is even interested in doing this? Is this the way of surviving now? How, how do you kind of see that playing out over the next few months? Yeah, you know, it's let's sort of like I'll address the religious institution institution thing first, which is that yeah, I think you're right that um, I think that concern on TCU's part is overblown. In the discussion that we've always heard is that like the Pac-12 would never take like BYU because BYU has yeah. like specific like um, like school honor code and like um, like uh, uh, moral conduct requirements of their students that Pac-12 that do not mesh with the culture of Pac-12 institutions. Um, so I think that's on one end of the spectrum. Um, and then you go further on to the spectrum when you get Baylor, which is definitely a, a more conservative religious school, but I, you know, I definitely think does not uh, hit, does not go as far that way as BYU would go. But like people who go to Baylor or TCU, and then further on the spectrum, you go to TCU, but honestly, I think anyone uh, in the last like 10 years who has gone to TCU or Baylor would tell you that, um, you know, that that's not, um, that's not a defining trait of either institution. You know, I always, you know, I had professors at TCU who said like, oh, we always joke that the C in TCU is silent or that it actually stands for Texas Construction University, like all this stuff. That doesn't strike, I think once you get into, once the administrators at, uh, of, of both parties, both the TCU and Pac-12 begin talking to each other and, and like the research gets done, people like that, that dissipates as a real concern. Um, not to say that you can't like be a Christian with like those, uh, those specific uh, moral values or whatever uh, and go to TCU, but I'm saying it's not a, it's not a prerequisite in the, in the same way that people might think it would be if you would go to BYU or Liberty. That's an aside. Um, the, uh, in terms of like whether the Pac-12 wants to do it, it's not surprising me that, they're, that their commissioner, that their leadership would be noncommittal about it because that's kind of the language that you publicly put on all the way up until you publicly announce whatever deal happens. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a, because like, we were talking about TV markets and how those don't really matter as much anymore. So you don't, uh, or, or like the size of the fan base and TCU doesn't, you know, TCU's like living alumni base is like somewhere between 80 and 90,000 people. And their, uh, their, you know, enrollment is, if you include grad students, it's like 10,000 students. Like it's just not, you know, they don't move the needle in terms of numbers the way, and that's the struggle that TCU is going to have to face. And so they have to, the Pac-12 has to make a judgment call of like, well, does it benefit us to bring in this school based on these other factors? And, you know, TCU has, um, has some really high quality athletic programs. They've got a, you know, uh, um, you know, they've got a, a football program that's demonstrated an ability to compete on a power five level before. And so maybe they want to take in TCU and, and Texas Tech and Baylor or whatever, and like kind of shore them, shore themselves up a little bit in football, um, or add some, some competent programs in football. Um, I was saying to friends though, like, I feel a little bit more optimistic, a little bit about about Baylor's chances, at least because this is happening right now, Baylor could not have picked a better time to win a national title in basketball. Cause it just right. seems, it seems like it would, if this is when the conversation is happening, it seems like really, it would, it would, it would feel very um, unlikely that the reigning national champion in, in men's basketball with one of the three best women's basketball programs in the country and um, a power five level football program that 
recently was competing for a conference title. Um, they're, they're actually positioned, I think, in a really good spot in terms of just like the quality of their athletic play. That's the thing that I think hurts TCU right now in terms of like, if we had this conversation in 2017, it would feel more like a lock because it's like, oh, of course you take TCU, this team that's finished in the top 10, three out of the last four years, you know? So, um, you know, I, I think ultimately TCU is because of facilities, because of, um, uh, because of the quality of athletic programs, uh, and the quality of, of the academics, I think they'll be a, uh, an attractive thing. But I will say this. I think I texted you this earlier this week. Hey, Jeremiah Donati isn't also contacting the ACC right now. Like, he, he's not doing his job right. Like, you got you to gotta find every option to get yourself in a power conference where you're not going to fall um, into that have-nots category in one of those other conferences that you're not going to have as big of a media rights payout. You got you to gotta explore every option there, um, even if it means you, you uh, lose some of your historic rivalries and all that sort of thing. It would be cool to play Utah again if you play in the Pac-12, though. Mm -hmm. We'll keep our conversation with Matt rolling in a moment. I did want to tell you, though, about one of our great sponsors, Rock Auto. Um, I'm not ashamed to say this. Listen, it is what it is. Like, I'm not great with cars. I'm not great with vehicles, vehicle maintenance, but Rock Auto makes it easy for me. They have all the parts I need. And, you know, one thing now is there's so many makes and models. There's so many different manufacturers. It can be overwhelming. Am I getting the right part for my vehicle? Rock Auto makes it simple for you. Um, they are a family-owned business, but they have that nationwide reach, and it's rare to find that combination uh, no matter what line of work or what line of business you're looking into. RockAuto.com, they have a drop-down menu. Click on that. Make sure you let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you there. Here's more of my conversation with Matt Jennings. It would, and I mean, fair or unfair, like Donati's a guy we just don't know a whole lot about as far as how he likes to operate and do the job because he hasn't had a ton of duties yet that are real public and so this will be a big test and we'll see how he approaches it how proactive he is another subplot to this there's so many we get uh today the big 12 sends a cease and desist letter to their tv partner espn and we got spicy bob bowlesby bob put two ice cubes in his water <laughs> and wrote a letter and got to work he is alleging that ESPN is colluding with another conference to poach uh, some of the remaining Big 12 schools. Now, in this letter, he's saying that this happened after Texas and Oklahoma made it known that they were headed to the SEC. And this is in an effort to dissolve the conference and avoid those two institutions having to pay a payout, which ESPN would probably be on the hook for some of that. And it came out later that the American conference is apparently the conference that was colluding with ESPN, reaching out to some schools saying, hey, come over here. And I'm, we know, you know, whatever the pitch was, we know it's group of five, but let's sweeten the spot a little bit. We can make it work. So, Matt, there's there's a lot of things there. The, the question I have for you is, do you feel like we're getting an angry, like, hissing and spitting Bob Bowlesby and eight institutions standing behind him saying, yeah, we're with you while they're texting everyone else on their phone trying to <laughs> get out of this. Because I, I think that's really what's happening in this instance. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, it is, it is Bob Bowlesby's job to put on a good face for the big 12 and publicly defend what the big 12, um, is and and it's and it's and 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 try and hold it together. That's his job. 
Um, but Bob Bowlesby works for the conference, which is run by the schools that agree to be in the conference. Mm -hmm. And if the two biggest, um, uh, the, the, the two most influential schools in that group have already pieced out, of course the other eight have realized again, because of all these things we're talking about with media rights and everything, they understand that they don't have the negotiating power that they would want to have in order to like uh, um, still get paid the same amount of money from ESPN and their associated rights partners and all that. And so of course those other schools are saying, okay, we need to figure out, we need to figure out what other um, uh, brands that are Texas and Oklahoma level brands to um, hitch our wagon to and so, of course, they're having those discussions behind the scenes. And I think some of them probably have, have realized, like, hey, like, the best we're going to do probably is trying to form a coalition with the AAC um, and, and, and jump in with them uh, because they have put out team, you know, teams have competed at a high level in that conference, and that might be the best because we're, we're not going to get in the Big Ten or we're not going to get in the SEC. We're not going to get in the Pac-12, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, it is an interesting dynamic there where Bowlesby, his job is like, he has to say these things. And I think he really, um, you know, he's been the commissioner of this conference for a long time. I think he probably really does want the conference to stay together. And I think he's probably being told to his face by these um, chancellors and presidents of these schools that that's what needs to happen. But don't, I don't believe for one second that those chancellors and administrators aren't also trying to uh, negotiate the best landing spot for themselves um, you know, in the next 12 months. Uh, so it is, it is a weird dynamic that he, and I'm sure on some level he's aware of that. And so it's a, yeah. it's a weird publicly awkward situation that he has to be in. It's, it is funny though, to see him do that. Cause he has been, he's never been a super fiery, passionate, um, individual in terms of like when you get him at a press scrum or even in a one-on-one -on -one interview. And so to see him say things, um, with that much, um, that much of an edge like the, of, in terms of the quotes that he's talking about with ESPN saying uh, you know I have absolute certainty that ESPN has been involved in manipulating other conferences to go after our after our members that's from Drew Davison's story in the Star Telegram um, he never has comments that have that kind of an edge or that or that yeah. pointed um, so that's um, that's surprising to me and makes me think that he is on some level really trying to make this work whether that's try and poach other members from other conferences and get them to join the Big 12 or what and piggybacking off what Matt said, just for, for reference, he is saying, like, he's got evidence of this. Uh, for what it's worth, American Conference, which is the one implicated right now, has declined to comment. ESPN says there's no, <laughs> there's no truth to this. So we'll see what, what happens there. If the Big 12 tried to stay together, and let's say they, let's say they add SMU, Houston, UCF in Memphis, and they keep that moniker, that Big 12 moniker, with an expanded playoff mat, do you think that's enough, having those teams, enough to where if you won that conference, you could get in and maybe your league would have enough cachet that you feel like you'd have the players to compete a little bit against some of the, the bigger schools that you'd face off in some of those playoff games? I think you could. I think, though, it would be kind of like when TCU and Utah and Boise State were doing that in um, uh, the WAC and the Mountain West back in the late aughts, where um, you, the stars align and you get a group of like upperclassmen 
who just like just like demolish the rest of the conference and they're and they're truly like well developed enough and talented enough and deep enough where if you get them in a one game situation against one of the uh against a you know a quote-unquote power conference um uh, uh competitor in a playoff situation um then maybe you can make something happen the concern for me is that can you put out a competitor year in and year out um, the, the champion of that conference or the champion of that conference every single year be on the level where they could really compete in that way. And that I think is where you probably, uh, you probably would answer no to that, or I would, because of the stuff we've been talking about, you, um, once the, the money you have coming in from the media rights deals uh, decreases that precipitously, which it will once, you know, without Texas and Oklahoma to sweeten the pot, um, you the money you have to invest in your your coaching salaries, uh, invest in recruiting, invest in facilities, um, all of it um, goes just so much farther down. And uh, with that, with that happening, um, your ability to then compete with programs like Alabama or like Clemson um, or Ohio State is going to be diminished greatly. And so, uh, so yeah, I don't think to, that's a long answer. The short, an, the, the short version being, yeah, I think on a, like w once in a while, yes, but it's not to the level where you could have it like you're doing every year now when Oklahoma comes out of the conference and they're really on the same level mm -hmm. as the teams that they're trying to play in the playoff. What does your gut tell you right now in a couple seasons? What conference do you think TCU is in and, and who are they kind of competing against? You know, you know, this could change tomorrow. I do think yeah. the Pac-12 probably makes, uh, makes the most sense right now because they're the other conference that feels the most, that has through the, like since the last round of realignment has seemed the most vulnerable. And so like so ostensibly it would seem like then they're the conference that could benefit the most from poaching some other members and kind of shoring up their, you know, coalition, so to speak. Um, but uh, so that's kind of what I, what I think. And then I think that's a, that's a, that's a solid conference for you to compete with. It's, 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 it's probably a step down competitively, um, football wise from the, from the big 12, but probably just a small one, not a huge yeah. one. Um, and it's one where you're, if you're playing in the PAC 12 South and USC is still not getting its act together and, uh, which they haven't been able to do for a long time. Um, not to, not to play to the, to the level that, uh, people certainly think that they could, then yeah, that's a, that's a division in a conference where you could, you can compete in now, all that being said with the big asterisk of, you know, look at TCU, what TCU has done on the field in the Big 12 over the last, you know, three seasons, particularly on offense. <laughs> Maybe sure. you rethink that. I was texting with our, with our good buddies, uh, Phil Papadakis and Pat Jones, shout out to <laughs> the, the former members of the Riff Ram Sports Show earlier this week. And one of them brought up like, am I totally wrong in thinking, I think it was Phil. It's like, am I totally wrong in thinking that like we could win the Pac-12 like three years in a row, um, you know, if we joined that conference and I'm just like, uh, I'm just going to gesture wildly at the TCU offense since 2018 and say, probably not. Um, but I do think that's a, that's a conference where like they could be like of a piece and at the same competitive level as the, as the teams that they play. Um, and, uh, you know, which probably the best you can hope for. Again, to me, I think the healthier conference long-term is the ACC just because they do have Clemson and they do have Florida state. And I think they're going to be in a stronger position when those rights deals do uh, are finally up. Um, and so 
if it were me and I'm, I'm got the choice, I think you take whatever power conference you can get. But if you, if, if the ACC is willing to take you, even if you don't, you lose your historic rivalries and you, there's not the regionality, but if it's a matter of survival and putting yourself in the best position to succeed and, and be profitable and therefore um, invest in your program and be competitive, um, that pro, that's the conference to me that seems like it's in a better position long-term, but you take whichever one you can, honestly. Before we go and close up shop in this last segment, I did want to tell you about betonline.ag. You know, realignment's crazy. College football's in a weird place. Uh, and, and it's very also, you know, it's very variable and very crazy in the uh, wagering world, in the sports handicapping world. But Lee Sterling makes it pretty simple for you. Betonline.ag, go there today. Um, they have plenty of prop bets, plenty of bets on MLB games. You know, one thing about Major League Baseball games is it's really hard to predict winners and losers every single night. But Lee has some over-unders, uh, some good prop bets that you can get involved in. And football season is fast approaching. So make sure you're listening to Lee so you can make some money. Again, that's betonline.ag. Let's close up shop here with Matt Jennings. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, final thing for our friend Matt Jennings. I was telling you before we started recording, Matt, uh, I'm kind of almost bored with the preseason discussion at this point. And I don't mean that, but like I'm ready for football. I'm excited about the TCU team. I just think we've kind of gotten to the place in the discourse where it's like, okay, we've analyzed a lot of angles of this. We sort of know at least what we think right now are going to be the, the uh, parts of the team that tip the scales, whether we're talking about a group that's competing for titles or not. So, as you sit here today, uh, when the Big 12 title game rolls around in December, do you think TCU is playing at AT&T Stadium for a Big 12 championship in a few months? Do you feel like this team can can get it together and get that done? Uh can and and do I think it will happen are two different questions. Can sure. I you know, uh Sure. Why not? You know, it's one of those things where it's like no one thought that coming into um, you know, the 2014 season, the one you always go back to that seemed uh, And um, so I never want to say can't, but um, I need to like, I'm one of those people, I, I, I I'm very skeptical about projecting um, uh, a team to make some massive leap um, from what we've seen them do before. And I just really need to see, I, I'm, 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 I will say I was impressed with the way they played down the stretch. You know, they were one and three to start last season. And for them to get, I think they finished the season six and five. And for them to do that, that's a, that's an impressive turnaround. Right. And that's, that's not something to, to sneeze at, but look at the quality of the competition they did. And it's the thing that I keep saying, whether it's Max Duggan specifically or TCU as a, as a team, I need to see them put forth that effort against high, higher quality teams and like look competent on a consistent basis against higher quality teams rather than beating up on, on some, some, some lesser teams. I will like, and, and the best example of that last year was the Oklahoma state game, a game that I came in thinking that they were going to get just shellacked and they, and they, they played a hard game and they won a, won a, a really balanced game in terms of playing well on both offense and defense. And so if that's the kind of game they can put forth and, 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 on a consistent basis this year, then sure, maybe. But uh, I need to see them do it consistently um, and do it against not just like the Baylors uh, and the Texas Techs and the Kansases uh, of the of the world before I, you know, get super excited about them. There he goes, one of my best friends, Matt Jennings, and he's a friend of the show, um, the pessimistic Matt Jennings signing off here on Lockdown Horn Frog. <laughs> 
Just kidding. No, I'm there with you. I think uh, we got to see it, right? 2014 is is starting to become – it's getting further and further away. Like, we don't want to yeah. be – we don't want to be sitting here in 2024 saying, well, it could happen. Cause remember back in 2014, right. they were coming off a tough year and they're able to turn it around. So you hope that that trend gets bucked this upcoming season. Matt, thank you. Um, appreciate your time. Thanks for talking some realignment with us. This has been locked on horn frogs, part of the lockdown podcast network, your team every day.